hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter Ryan MK. That's right. And as always, by my side, the salary captain, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. Give a round of applause. What's up, buddy? How are we doing? I'm doing great, man. Just coming off the high of a fantastic Sunday night football game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Yes. What a prime time, like just magnificent game. Edge on the edge of your seat. Just great to watch when you're not rooting for someone. (laughs) Well, uh, based on our picks, I was kind of rooting for the Ravens uh, because I picked (laughs) them. And uh, so, the, the, which is good because they're the, the all the other games where we went opposites, you won. So at least I got one of them in there. <laughs> so after two weeks, Aaron's going to have a few point lead on me in the picks standings, but that's okay. Yes, excellent Sunday night game. Uh, and, and, and honestly, not just because I picked him, but uh, also because I would hate to see the Ravens start 0-2. That would just be kind of not cool for football, if yeah. you ask me. I like the Ravens being good. And it was a hell of a game. A hell of a game. And, um, yeah, we, we talked about, uh, you mentioned how the NFL getting pretty lucky with the primetime game so far there's been some and we'll get some stinkers along the way but it's nice to know we are getting some good primetime action which is a good thing and um and yeah i don't know what all, what, what all do you got to say about the game i know you've got a little something so give it to me yeah i, I guess probably my major takeaway on this one was i was shocked with tyree kill just Almost a no-show on this one. And and that's probably game plan from the Ravens' side. Hey, we're going to kind of pick our poison here. You've got Kelsey, you've got Tyree Kill. If you try to stop both of them at the same time, it's not going to work. They're just too dang good. So take away away one and hope that's enough. Absolutely. And and they probably chose the right one to take away. You know, Kelsey's going to get his, like, I'd rather take away the guy that can get a 40, 50 yard play. And in the game like this, like that, that would have been a deciding factor. It, these teams mm-hmm. are just trading punches back and forth. So Tyree killed three catches, 14 yards, just targeted four times. Definitely. I think the Ravens, not only was it a victory for them, but they said we accomplished what we set out to do. No, I think um, there's some ups and downs, obviously Lamar, couple of interceptions in the game, but he had over a couple hundred yards passing. He had over a hundred yards rushing and two touchdowns rushing three total touchdowns. Marquise Brown went over a hundred with a touchdown. Um, Mark Andrews got a little bit involved. Sammy Watkins, we kind of talked about him pre podcast. And I feel like personally, you just see, they seem to be very buddy, buddy on the field. And Sammy Watkins does have that veteran presence. And I do feel like maybe not so much for fantasy right now, maybe that changes as the season goes along. Um, But he was someone that I rostered in a couple of leagues just because I was intrigued by him landing in Baltimore. And with Bateman being out, I just think he's good overall for for Lamar Jackson, for those other receivers, and for that team uh, in a football sense more than a fantasy football sense. But uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe he has some games here and there. But uh, for right now, I think it's it's a plus that he's on that fucking team. I'll tell you that much. That's, that's, That's kind of one of the things I got, not so much fantasy related, but one of the things I got out of the game. Um, But it was a lot of fun. I always enjoy watching Lamar Jackson. So that's, you know, that's all there is to that. He's so and, fun to watch. Yes, yes, man. Well, I'm both of them. To sit, to get, you know, Mahomes and Lamar in one game is pretty fucking cool. So, yeah. you know, can't go wrong. And certainly uh, a potential AFC playoff rematch that, that the NFL will be crossing their fingers and they be telling their refs to make this happen somehow. So it seems we, we always get these teams playing each year. So, I, I think that's why we had such a great game. These teams have played each other so frequently over the past handful of seasons that yeah. they just they know each other so well. So that's how you end up with a 36-35 final score. And and just congrats to the Ravens. I, the the one stat that that also caught my attention was 
the Ravens have 15 players on injured reserve and the Chiefs mm. have one. Right. <laughs> one player. So this Ravens team is just beat up and it would have been understandable if they just kind of rolled over and just the Chiefs took care of business. And it looked like it. It, it really did. It looked like it early in the game. It looked going into the fourth quarter, the Chiefs were up by 11, I believe. It, it looked bleak, but Ravens pulled through. Yeah, I was worried in particular with how everything started out. But if there's one thing I've noticed about Lamar, that, that dude's a maniac. Like, he's uh, just – he's not going to quit. He's not going to give up till it's right. the, the final whistle blows. Like, he's just – dude's a maniac. I love him to death. Um, so, yeah, hell of a game. And speaking of uh, all the players they had on injured reserve, um, let's talk a little infirmary action, you know. Uh, speaking of infirmary, oh, well, you know what? I'll save that for when we, when we get to this particular subject. But here, we begin with 49ers running backs, okay? Trey Sermon concussed on his very first carry. Jamichael Hasty out there had, was looking solid. Ankle injury, Elijah Mitchell, shoulder injury. And so they're all banged up. Dalvin Cook's banged up. Daryl Henderson got a rib injury. So you've got all these running backs that got banged up this week. And then wide receivers. Amari Cooper at the very end of the game, rib injury for him. Jarvis Landry hurt his knee during the game today. LaVisco Chanel needs an MRI on his shoulder. Deontay Johnson fucked up his knee. Goodness. And then there's the quarterbacks. Fuck's it. Tyrod goes out of the game with a hammy. Carson Wentz, a leg injury. Tua, ribs. What's the fuck? What is all with all the rib injuries here? And Andy Dalton, which, you know, feel bad for him, the knee injury. But, you know, that means one thing. And we'll get to that again later, too. But fuck, Aaron, that, that, that's a lot of shit, is this? This is one Sunday, bloody Sunday, week two. (laughs) And a lot of those injuries, it was the early games too. So Mm -hmm. it was frustrating because the early games, there was not a lot of fantasy production at all. It's like a team would score a touchdown and you go, oh, who scored the touchdown? And it would be some irrelevant player, you know, Juwan Jennings from the 49ers. Not who I wanted. And Speaking of the 49ers, look at the running backs. And you talked about all the running backs that got hurt. I, I'm, I'm looking at their depth chart. Hopefully, Elijah Mitchell's okay. I mean, Trey Sermon. I mean, he went back into the game. Okay. Elijah okay. Mitchell, he did end up going back into the game. But John Harbaugh said after the game, still going to get an MRI, see, see what the deal is with it. So maybe he was still in some pain or whatever. But it sounds like they, he, he's – we're on a wait and see with him. Uh, but yeah, keep going. Sorry. Well, because if those three runbacks that got hurt, let's just say a worst case scenario, they can't play next week. <laughs> Their running back options, Trenton Cannon is the only guy on the active roster. And then if you look at the practice squad, let's see, I only see two guys, actually, two guys. Josh Hokett's one. I, I play in some deep dynasty leagues. I don't know this player at all. And then the other one is what, what is dead may never die. Carry on Johnson is on the practice squad for the 49ers. What is dead may never die. <laughs> so right. all I can say is for fantasy purposes, and I was doing this before week one, just because if you got an IR spot, you use it. But uh, who is the guy they have on IR? Uh, I, his name escapes me as uh, of this moment, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yes, yes. I I've had him on IR right. because it's a meniscus. It's meniscus. He will be back after. Well, he's still got what, four more games to miss, but mid-season, it's it's worth a stash. And look, the entire 49ers running back core is already hurt. So if you haven't already, if you're playing in casual leagues, he's there anyways. Go pick him up, stash him. Why not? Yeah. All right. Speaking speaking of what is dead may never die, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, you already had one team doctor trying, you know, just fuck him up, just stab him in the lung with a needle or whatever happened. And, and just, that, man, he just, 
finds a new team. And hey, you got to give them credit, man. Houston's looked feisty <laughs> through yeah. the first couple weeks of the season. And they dropped off a lot after Tyrod got hurt and Davis Mills had to go out there. But, um, it, you know, it just, it, he, man, it's kind of like with Fitz, like, oh, he finally gets to, you know, truly lead a team and then bam injury and it's like oh Tyrod you know he had the whole Cleveland thing where he was the starter there got hurt in comes Baker end of story and then (laughs) it's just like it's it's never ending with this dude and the Browns the Chargers and now the Texans so hopefully he's okay but you know he will be and he'll just end up in a similar position next year the year after it's tyrod taylor what is dead may never die okay anyway other than that i think uh yeah we'll have to just wait and see on a lot of these people see how severe the injuries are but uh, the list is quite severe this week so all right i guess you know i was gonna start this is how we're gonna do things from here on out people on the sunday night show instead of going game by game, because let's face it, a lot of podcasts, a lot of TV shows, they do that kind of thing. And, and, you know, we don't want the pods. If we're going to do multiple ones in a week, we don't want them to drag on too long. We don't want you to get sick of us. So we're going to try and tighten it up. We got a couple of different ways. We're going to present this in two different topics. One the Mad Five. Aaron and I each have a Mad Five of observations or topics from the Sunday's action. And then we have also the Off With Their Heads section where we will discuss, uh, you know, the more not so good stuff about the Sunday's action. So, so I was going to start with the Mad Five, but Aaron, I think what we need to do is usually when my wife says, do you want the bad news or the good news first? I always go bad news first. You know what I'm saying? We already got talked injury. So let's just go ahead. We'll save the mad five for last. Let's get into off with their heads. And I'm going to start it, God damn it, with the Saints. Because, okay, first of all, great call, Aaron. That's one of the picks you got. I mean, you called the Panthers for today, uh, beating the Saints, and you, you were right. And I didn't think they'd just go out there and destroy them like they did the Packers. But holy fuck, I didn't think they were going to look the way they did. Even though knowing that, yes, the five touchdowns, Jameis Winston, don't overreact to that because the yardage, there wasn't a ton of yardage there last week. I know all that, but I... Still, what the hell happened with the Saints today, Eric? This is just, I mean, mean, is the Panthers' defense that fucking good? Because Jameis Winston had 111 yards, two interceptions. What the fuck is going on? This is like the complete opposite. Now, I know, I know. They had a COVID situation going on. They're missing a bunch of coaches. They've still, they're mm-hmm. still not in New Orleans. They're dealing with all this stuff. So it's just kind of this just kind of a situation where, hey, overload for this week. We got enough shit going on. It was just too much this week. Or like, what's the deal? Because this is kind of the other end of the extreme with this Saints team, Aaron. And so I I don't know what the hell this Saints team is, is I guess what I'm saying. Well, and it's like what we talked about with the Green Bay Packers and New Orleans Saints game last week. Is sometimes you just have a game where you just have to – your takeaway from it is we can't really take anything from it. Like, yeah. do we think Green Bay is that bad? No. And that was also – that carried over with do we think the Saints are this good? No. And, yeah, I think you hit a lot of a lot of the, the, the points there, stuff that we may not even consider, too, right. when we're looking at fantasy football. It's hit the good <laughs> Where do they get to practice? It's not New Orleans, is it? No. I feel like, isn't it in Texas somewhere? <laughs> well, it I, it I may be. be. It, it, it may be. It's just, but yeah. I we feel talked, like that's uh, it, but. Yeah, so they're just, they're thrown off. The, you mentioned all the, the, the coaches that uh, that missed, that missed the game with COVID, whether they, I'm not sure if they tested, wait, they, I think they did test positive COVID. I really don't know, but like yeah. that's it's a lot of things where you know, I am a creature of habit. I need kind of stability pattern. If I don't have that, it throws me off and it affects my performance. And that's kind of what we saw 
in this game. And then it's right. you're going on the road. You're playing a team that you play two times a year. So they, they already know you pretty well. They know your tendencies on that. And Carolina is a sneaky team. Last year, their record wasn't indicative of how good or bad they were. Hmm. There was a lot of games that were basically a coin flip that came up tails every single time for, for the Panthers. So young defense, still new coaching staff that second year. Now they're kind of doing some they, – the coaching staff's able to implement a little bit more. And, yeah, and, and also – my apologies, Sam Darnold, so far, looking solid, looking yeah. acceptable. Like, certainly the, the Jets wish they could get that type of quarterback performance. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, especially after, after today, Jets fans have got to be losing their fucking mind. <laughs> like, and, and it's, you know, it's too early to tell still, but, right. it, it, but you could see – a bunch of Jets fans losing their day. Some of the podcasts I listen to have Jets fans on them. And I can just hear them like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like we get rid of Sam Darnold and look at him and our rookies over here with four interceptions. Like I could right. just see it. So, but yeah, that, that's what I got um, for my first off with their heads. And, and you have a Panther. I do. I do. And, and on the other side, um, I'm done with Robbie Anderson. And it was really kind of done after week one, but I was like, I will wait. I will see what happens in week two. But this passing offense is obviously Christian McCaffrey and then very clearly DJ Moore. And Robbie Anderson, he did see six targets, which was good. That was up from three last week, but still nine targets in two games. I, I know I just complimented Sam Darnold same time is he good enough to support like three three pass catchers well, McCaffrey's running back but like is he good enough to support three pass catchers especially when you have Terrace Marshall that, that's there and as, as a rookie in his first couple of games seeing three four targets a game that that will grow and as his yeah. role grow, grows it's going to come at the expense of Robbie Anderson so if well, when you we look flip him and oh yeah yeah I was just going to say, when you look at at the targets, like DJ Moore had 11, Christian McCaffrey had six, Robbie Anderson had six, but then you, you get Dan Arnold, Brandon Zilstra, my, my guy, for, former Viking, with three for 44 and a touchdown. So it, Ian Thomas even got a couple of targets. So it's, 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 there's, a lot of people he's kind of spreading it out right now we'll see as the season goes along but I I do think I mean if you've got DJ Moore Christian McCaffrey I do think it's he could it's possible he could support another one um but I do think you're right in that aspect that it's likely to more be Terrace Marshall than Robbie Anderson right if there becomes Marshall and and Dan Arnold, which if he's out there, he's a tight end, but he's a converted receiver. If he's out there, right. he's going to get targets. So that's, that's four that's targets, three for 55. So, yeah, exactly. So that, that's where my concern with Anderson is. Like last season was perfect because they, Carolina did not have the depth at receiver. They had three really good options, no one behind them, nothing at tight end. Mike Davis was involved in the, in, in the passing game, but there was no McCaffrey. It was it was a perfect storm for Robbie Anderson to emerge and, and be heavily involved. But that like what we saw last season with Robbie Anderson, we're not going to see this season. So far, we haven't seen it, and I don't I don't see why we'd think that it would change. I agree. I tend to agree. And off with the Saints head. This is all of them. All of them. <laughs> Just all of them. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, we don't actually mean off with any of their heads. It's a play oh, yeah. on the Alice in Wonderland. We probably should have disclaimered that first. Late disclaimer. We don't actually want to off anybody's heads. <laughs> so we are we are a pro <coughs> head podcast. We like having yes, our heads are. on our shoulders. Right. Correct. Now. <laughs> My next one, I'm going to get into because I could I can tie it to one of another one of yours. You have Mile Gaskin 
in this category. And I just have the Dolphins in general, because again, I'm, it's the same mindset with the Saints. What the fuck here? It, even, even though I understand Tua got hurt very early in the game, Jacoby Brissett had to come in, but it's not like Jacoby Brissett's never played football in the NFL before. Like this was sad. Like Miles Gaskin, the leading rusher, who you would like to talk about. Five attempts for 25 yards. This is insane. Jalen Waddle, six catches for 48 yards, leading receiver. Um, I just, what the, I understand. Okay, Buffalo came out and said, week one, fuck week one, aberration. We just have a tough time playing the Steelers. Sorry, we're the Bills. We're good to go. That's what they did. I did not expect a complete nothing out of my, even if you would have told me Tua gets hurt right away, I would have said, that's fine. They got Jacoby. They'll be all right. They, they won't win, obviously, but they'll be able to put up a, a little bit of a fight because they still have a good overall. T- nope. Nope. This was shit. Just as, just as the Saints went, absolutely atrocious. Ah, uh, uh, uh. Just yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> you know, and to piggyback with Miles Gaskin, the, the main concern is like I appreciate what Miles Gaskin did last year. Like he he was, Me too. He was a perfect like under the radar workhorse because he ran efficiently and then was able he he did very well in the, in the passing game too, and he was involved. In this game, he saw five targets and he caught four passes. But man, like, what the heck? There's 20 carries. Right, 20 carries. Offense. 20 yeah. carries. That's what I'm looking at. Split and four ways. Brissett had four. Yeah, Brissett had four. Brissett had four. That was the least amount. And Salvan Ahmed had the most with six carries. Like, that's. Doesn't it make sense? How can anybody get going or anything? Like, I just. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's a mess. Um, like, I really don't get it. Like, I understand having some depth because, hey, maybe Gaskin needs a breather to bring in on that. But this, this doesn't seem to be the case. They're just rotating guys. And, and I'm sorry, Miami, but this should be the wake up call. You got beat 35 to zip at home by a superior division rival. And yeah. maybe they'll start changing things up a little bit. I don't know if they still got some some competition going at, at running back, but at the end of the day, like Malcolm Brown, just a guy. He's just a guy. Like you can make a role for him, sure, as like a short yardage guy, like and he's versatile enough to make some plays. But this should be Miles Gaskin seeing sixty percent of the workload, and probably Malcolm Brown seeing thirty percent, and Ahmed getting about ten percent. But no, like who wins in this when these guys are split near identical work? It's a mess. Hey, what the hell is that? Oh, I forget. We we my new place. We have an ice maker in the fridge. So sometimes I hear that <laughs> fucking thing, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I didn't have one in the old place. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay, did you have another off with their heads person team anything? I did. I have one last one. What you got? And it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan picking on Philadelphia Eagles, but the Dallas Goddard. This is we've we've had two games this season. Dallas Goddard has seen seven targets. I know Goddard was one of those popular like okay if we don't get Kelsey Waller Kittle, Goddard initially was like oh one of those guys that could be top five. He did start to fade a little bit. But there was probably a reason for that. Like, sometimes the public just gets it right. And mm-hmm. seven targets in two games ain't going to cut it. And he's had six catches for 66 yards and a touchdown combined on the season. Those 12.7 fantasy points in week one, that's the most he's had in six games with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Like, and I'm probably one of the biggest Jalen Hurts fans. I had the article back in February where I planted the flag. So Jalen, it's Jalen Hurts season. He's going to be the QB one in fantasy. But a lot of that's because of what he could do with his legs. And he, he can pass. He's not Lamar Jackson type bad with passing, but he's not going to support a Devontae Smith, a Jalen Rager 
a Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and Quez Watkins. Correct. It's, yeah. it's more of he could support one of those guys and maybe two of those others and they'll have some productive weeks. But yeah, I'm not. If I have Dallas Goddard, you're in the worst spot at, at tight end. You can't really drop him and stream tight ends because mm-hmm. you know someone's going to pick him up. But also, he's not good enough to be the, the guy you keep and start every single week, a la right. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or even maybe a Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson. So oh, yeah, that's a just, tough stage. I think he's a guy that's that's causing people to lose their leagues because of that, because they just they're just stuck with him. Yeah, we'll see if he can turn around. But it does seem. Mm-hmm. It does seem that way because it, it it also seems with like is tonight Quez or today Quez Watkins was the guy he was hitting, um, so I don't know. We'll have to see how this offense goes. I really think them not getting the the conversion. I think it was right before the half. The fucking now it's the water. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, dude. I, I talked about this on my other podcast, by the way. Miscellaneous debris. I'm back, baby. New podcast out now. Uh, but I talked about all the like just the whole situation of moving and the craziness of the past uh, few weeks and and getting used to everything. And that's one of the things I talked about was all the new sounds. My, my kids are constantly worried about all the new sounds and me i'm just not used to them so i'm always like what the fuck is that like <laughs> so okay <laughs> anyway um but yes so uh, was that all you had for dallas goddard that's all i have for dallas goddard because i got totally off track of what i was saying because <laughs> the stupid machine but anyway um i'm just gonna throw out there real quick uh the Browns, I'm not, not necessarily off with their heads, but uh, I just, it's, it felt like a little bit of a step back this week from where they were at last week, going toe to toe with the Chiefs. It's two weeks in a row. Baker's had a bad interception. That bothers me a little bit. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry did get hurt. And, uh, but you just wanted to come, I, you just wanted to see the Browns come out and just kind of, put it to the Texans and we got to give the Texans credit because they're they're a lot feistier than everyone thought they would be, particularly when Tyrod was out there. Tyrod going out changed it a little bit and we'll see what the future of that is. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you wanted to see a little bit better of a game um, out of the Browns, but again, dealt with some injuries at one point, fucking Baker took a shot. I thought he was Dunsky. So I was surprised to see him come back in the game because he got <laughs> it, when he got up, it looked like his left arm was just dead on <laughs> on this just hanging from his body. I was like, oh shit. And and then he came back in the game and I was like, I bet Cleveland Browns fans were shitting their pants for about 15 fucking minutes there when that shit happened. So it 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 was a it was a little bit freaky, but he came back in and so you know, they got the win. That's what matters. But uh, come on, Browns, we got to step it up. And then Vikings kicker Greg Joseph. <laughs> oh, man, I, I know that Viking missed field goal pain all too well. And when that happened today, this is going to sound terrible, but I laughed. You know why I laughed? Because I'm like, it doesn't hurt me today. (laughs) It doesn't hurt me today. I felt that so much and it hurt so bad. I didn't feel it today. And uh, so I had to laugh at that a little bit. And uh, and to be honest, I'm kind of pulling for the Cardinals this year. I'm digging what they're doing. So I'm glad, I'm kind of glad to see that because I think they're the better team. And Minnesota played a hell of a game today, had a chance to win and, 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 but to me, Arizona is the better team. So I'm kind of glad they got the W. But that leads me to our mad five. Our mad five. And we're going to let Aaron go first because I was talking a little Vikings cards right there. And specifically, he has not one but two of his mad five observations pertaining to this particular game. So, Mr. Aaron, take the floor. Certainly. So my 
mad five takeaways, my first two, are about the Arizona Cardinals. Number one, Rondell Moore. And I have to start with on playerprofiler.com. Each year, they ask the writers, the analysts, to give bold takes at the end of the season. My bold take was that Rondell Moore would be the wide receiver one, the rookie wide receiver one in fantasy football. The reason I was bold was he was the seventh receiver drafted. Of course, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith get all the hype. Not so much for Rondell Moore. Right. But this, this game, that 77-yard touchdown pass was Oh, people know who the Chef's fuck he is now. Oh, yeah. And here was a fun little stat. His 182 receiving yards through his first two career games. That ranks number five in NFL history for most receiving yards by a 21-year-old in his first two career games. I do have to shout out this Twitter account for posting this tweet. It's at Dalton Guru FF on Twitter. I saw that. I was like, oh, that is good. Because Rundell Moore was two yards away from being number three on that. And that was uh, a guy that Minnesota people know pretty well. One Randy Moss. Ooh, that's my guy. One of my favorite football players ever. Randy Moss. And Rondell Moore's teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, I think was number four, if I'm not Mm. mistaken, on that one. So just excellent company on that one. Looking great. And that leads me right into my second Mad Five takeaway. And that's Kyler Murray. So far in two games, nine total touchdowns. And I know this is not bold or anything, but people have got to start saying Kyler Murray, 2021 NFL MVP. Like I'm kind of getting that the Josh Allen vibe. I get it. I know Josh Allen didn't win MVP, but like that big start last season yeah. for Josh Allen. The year before Lamar Jackson, when he came out and shredded Miami for five touchdowns, and then he was passing for the four plus touchdowns the next two or three games. And honestly, that that start is what helped him win MVP. Mm-hmm. And got to go with Kyler Murray here. He's doing it with he's doing it on the ground, but it's not like what we saw from Lamar Jackson tonight where he's scrambling like 10 times. It's like four or five scrambles where when he needs to, he can make plays and he has scored a rushing touchdown both games. I just I start going. Kyler Murray, Cardinals are 2-0. and That also plays a part too. It's when the teams are doing well as well. Right. So if Kyler Murray continues his, his really strong performance in his – Third, this is third season, right? It came in 2019, so third season. If, if he continues this pace, MVP. Like, I don't mm. know what the odds are. We'll have to hit up some of our betting friends that come on just to see, hey, what are the odds right now? Can we get in on that? Right. <laughs> so give the listeners some of your Mad Five takeaways. Okay. Well, I really like what you had to say. I love Rondale more. And uh, Kyler, yeah, my eyes were on Russell Wilson with potential MVP season. Uh, But, yeah, Kyler Murray's in the mix and potentially somebody else that we'll get to here in a second. But uh, I'm going to start out, I think, with – and I'll go back to back. It's just a couple of different games uh, and overall observations. And speaking of Russell Wilson, it's the Seattle-Tennessee game. For Tennessee, it was looking bleak again there for a minute – but they came back, ended up winning the fucking game in overtime. Derrick Henry's back to being King Henry. He went off today. Now, again, don't expect this every week if you ask me. I mean, last week, as you, you know, had a down week last week. He bounced back. Also bouncing back, Julio Jones. Potentially could have had a touchdown. Many say should have had a touchdown. <laughs> and it did look like it he had a bounce back game. So Tennessee bounces back overall. They, when we had both picked Seattle and um, <clears throat> really I, it was hard fought game, but uh, Seattle's defense, man, they're, they're not very good. either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tennessee got back in the game, but Hey, Russ, Tyler Lockett, they keep their thing going. Um, DK Metcalf average, but I like to see the Russ and Lockett connection uh, kicking ass. And then the other one was the my second observation, 
the Chargers and Cowboys game, because this game, while I enjoyed the Tennessee Seattle game and you got some points there, you got some, you know, fantasy production, this fucking game was so weird. And because you look at it and at first, at first glance, I watched, I was watching red zone. So I saw pieces of this game, but I'm thinking like, it's almost disappointing from the chargers, but really, I mean, Eckler only got 54 yards on the ground, but he got nine receptions, 61 yards. Mike Williams had a solid game. Keenan Allen went over a hundred, uh, you know, but it just, it felt like this should have been a bit more of a game. And, and, you know, this is another one. We both thought the Chargers, I almost went Cowboys. I remember almost going Cowboys, but I decided to go Chargers and the Cowboys pulled it off. But like Dak Prescott, I mean, he's, <laughs> he didn't have a very good game, uh, just over 200 yards and in interception, uh, no touchdowns thrown. And, um, it, you know, it was just kind of, I don't know. It was, it was like, there was, there was some fantasy production in this game, but I think a lot of us expected it'd be a little bit more of a shootout, you know? And, uh, and, and so it, it just, it just felt like kind of a weird game to me. And like Amari Cooper didn't do hardly anything. And then he got hurt at the end of the game. Um, so it was just, yeah, just overall a very weird game, but there was a very, very bright spot. And I believe that bright spot of, of the, the, your Dallas Cowboys is actually your third observation. So go ahead, Aaron. Look at that segue there. So you're, you're correct. My third mad five takeaway, Tony Pollard. Yes. And it's, Fantastic game. 13 carries, 109 yards, a touchdown, while also catching three passes for 31 yards. And my takeaway on this one is Pollard is not a handcuff. And sometimes he gets he gets grouped into, oh, that Zeke's handcuff. No, 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 no. The handcuffs don't perform like this when mm. the starter is still out there. What Zeke had, I want to say 16, 16 carries, carries, 71 yards, had a touchdown himself. Exactly. This is not a handcuff type perform. Like a handcuff does not perform like this without an injury happening. So takeaway on this is like if he's not already rostered, you roster him. And when you're having to make a flex decision, and sometimes you're going, okay, I can't start Tony Pollard because Zeke's playing. No, no, those days are just over. The the Cowboys have made an effort in these first two games to involve Tony Pollard in there it may be you might have to play the matchups but usually you have to do that on the flex anyways but Tony Pollard feel free he has standalone value with the Michael Gallup injury I knew that he would be involved more yes they've got a decent number four in Cedric Wilson but those things don't usually translate in of oh a wide receiver is hurt the next receiver is going to take all that so Really happy to see Pollard's usage on this one. He is no longer a handcuff if that's what you think of him as. Like, just got to remove that label. Well, and I talked about him in my infirmary article um, that was released today uh, before the games, obviously. And what I talked about was that it was concerning the Michael Gallup injury and with him being out that – you know, yeah, Cedric Wilson, um, blah, 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 tight end, blah, blah, blah. But I thought this could benefit Tony Pollard. Now, I thought it'd be more in the receiving department, but it does seem like he just took on a, he's, he's like a much bigger part of the offense. It'd be interesting to see if he continues to be that going forward. Um, <clears throat> because if I, he didn't have this much usage last week, um, I don't believe so. It, it, at least not in the carry. So, because no one ran the ball last week and, and maybe that's what this was. They were having success running the ball. Um, because again, Dak didn't do a lot through the air. So <clears throat> very weird game, but like, I don't know how the Cowboys can't look at this and go, Holy shit. Like Pollard got quite a few more yards on um, three less carries. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. it, it, like it, you can't look at this and go, man, like, I know we're paying Zeke and he's 
you know, he's a good football player and because he still is a good football player. But when it comes to specifically running that football, he, he just doesn't quite have it. And Tony Pollard's like feeling it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It, it's yeah i played him in the scott fishbowl i had this because i just banged the fuck up at running back in that league well and receiver too um but yeah i played pollard and he helped me to a win so uh sitting nice. one one in the scott fishbowl despite all the fucking injuries it's a goddamn miracle anyway <laughs> um so yes good stuff on on tony pollard because I, I 100% agree. Now, I'm going to get into, let me bring up the stuff real quick here. This is kind of a game, but really it's specifically it, it, these two offenses. We were pretty excited for them coming into the year. And one's been eh, moments. And the other one, we've gotten a lot of good stuff. And I'm talking about the Rams and the Colts. And, uh, of course, Carson Wentz now banged up. We'll have to see how that goes. But I'm looking specifically at the receiver position. Cooper Cup went fucking off today. Went nine for 163, two touchdowns. But I think it's also important to look at and, and, and give some, you know, appreciation to Michael Pittman because he went – eight for 123. Now he didn't have two touchdowns or even one touchdown. But going into the year, I wanted this to be Michael Pittman. But I got more drawn to Paris Campbell after the T.Y. Hilton injury because T.Y. Hilton has been the guy on that team. And with him out of the picture, I just kind of put the pieces together. Now, Paris Campbell banged up, but so was Pittman. Pittman started the game. He played great, and, it, you know, it's just – Paris Campbell was out. I think he was – he didn't he was play injured. today. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, I knew he was injured because he, he was questionable, but I was like, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure he was out because um, both him and Pittman were questionable. Uh, but, yeah, so great game from Pittman. I hope that keeps up. We'll see what happens again uh, with Carson Wentz. Um, but I thought that was good to see Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, because last week, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines were their leading receivers, you know? So good to see that that's at least going well. But uh, yeah, better game from Carson Wentz. Um, still like to see him play better, but now he's hurt, so which isn't unusual for him. So we'll see how that goes. And again, Cooper Cup is just fun. Him and that connection with Stafford, they're just going to kill it all year. <laughs> it. Absolutely. And uh, Suna Michelle got a little more run today, finally. And, hey, Daryl Henderson's a little banged up, so we might see even more Suna Michelle, something to look at. But I just uh, – this game in particular, when it popped up on um, Red Zone, I was really enjoying this game. And, uh, again, nice to see Cooper Cup smash and – Good to see Pittman kind of take that um, wide receiver one spot in Indianapolis. So that's kind of what I got with that. Yeah, and you're right. I have the league where I've got a Stafford Cooper Cup stack, and I'm loving that league. Oh, yeah, you got to. (laughs) It's so good. But I've got, for my next Mad 5 takeaway, I've ragged on this team in the offseason. I've ragged on the coach their tendencies, but I got to give them credit. So far, they're one of four teams that are undefeated. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. And and I I posed the question, are they legit? And they got a very impressive victory on the road. They they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That's that's impressive. But also, it it is – they're doing it in the most Raider – fashion like Raider-esque way that, that they could because they're still trying to run the ball like very poorly. Like Pete and Barber is out there getting 13 carries for 32 yards, which if, if that's not a Barber stat line, I don't know what is. <laughs> and, and I say that they're like this is this is such a Raiders way of winning games because I'm 
pretty certain Derek Carr is leading the league in passing yards right now. It's it's nuts. Like it's it's like they try to establish the run, it doesn't work, and then they're like, oh no, we have to throw the ball, and they throw it extremely well. It's like, man, if they would just start doing, they just start passing. They've got all these dangerous weapons. Of course, Derek. Yeah, they might as well. Hand, but and and Carr's a gunslinger. I mean, and like you said, didn't you said pre-pod? It's 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 got to be him or Brady that's at the top for passing yards so far, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm like I'm pretty certain, like I'm because because what it was is Derek Carr almost had 400 passing yards in this game, and he exceeded 400 yards in the first game. Like he yeah, I think well he's at like 817 right now. That sounds about right. Like I, I know, just doing some math in my head, I'm. I know he cleared 800 yards. I don't think Brady got that because I don't know. Brady probably didn't even have to pass too too much. I mean, he was blowing up my, my sleeper notifications, <laughs> but it's they've got weapons. Why not just start going? You know what? We're not running the ball well. Josh Jacobs is out. Why? Like why hand the ball 13 times to Peyton freaking Barber? No, no, no. Just air it out. It's working. <laughs> but Raiders going to Raider. You got anything about the Raiders? Yeah, man. This, this Aaron and I talked about it. We shared our, our, our list pre-pod so that we didn't have any duplicates. I had a couple backups just in case. This was my number one observa- observation is are the fucking Raiders for real? Because it's starting to really feel like it. I've never felt this way about them before. And last week was impressive going on the road and beating beating the Steelers whose defense we just saw annihilate the bills. Like I, I I just, I I didn't see it happening. So I was very impressed. I've been impressed. I I mean, it it could have been more. They even had a couple touch again, Brian Edwards had a touchdown pass that was called back. So they, they're still dealing with, if they could clean their fucking penalties up, if they could get, quit raidering that way, that, that would help them so much. But hey, they're sitting here at 2-0. and Derek Carr, I mean, sneaky dark horse for MVP candidate if he keeps this kind of shit up. It, it's, the, you know, he's been in the conversation before and I, I'm not a huge Carr fan, but it, he's playing well and he's slinging it. And, you know, uh, we'll see how, how much better they can get. But I do think you have to take this team serious. Henry Ruggs got going as well, five for 113 and what, like, mm-hmm. and I would like to point out, I mean, Kenyon Drake, if you read the infirmary this morning, I strongly suggested you fade Kenyon Drake in all formats because, because he's not, efficient he wasn't efficient last year it's something we've discussed on this pod it's been written about and John Gruden was like hey I like me some Peyton Barber you know Peyton Barber was coming in and getting some fucking work you knew this was not a good this was not a good idea to play Kenyon Drake I just want to say crystal ball was at work for the infirmary this morning if y'all checked it out anyway (laughs) but car man yeah he, he played great. Raiders are great. And, you know, that that's, I mean, until I see them, I mean, like I said, if they could clean up some of their mistakes and the penalties and shit, whew, they, they could be very dangerous. That whole AFC West is pretty dangerous. And right now you got the Chiefs and the Chargers at the bottom. Who would have thought that? Because you've got uh, the Raiders at 2-0 and and, oh, yeah, the Broncos, my fourth observation at two and zero. It's it's weird to, to because I'm not a Broncos fan, even though I, I live in Denver. Um, even when I lived here as a kid, I didn't root for the Broncos really. Um, I don't know. I had nightmares about my mom and her talking about John Elway's butt and things like that. So. You know, hard to root for the Broncos, <clears throat> but I do, but I do like this team, man. And I've always enjoyed Teddy. I mean, I don't know. If, I've always liked Teddy and I've always rooted for him. And he seems to be just kind of in a very comfortable space with this offense. And um, 
man, 26 for 34, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Javante Williams looked good, man. And, and they start giving him the ball a little bit more, start, you know, reducing Melvin Gordon's touches. That's going to help him even more. Um, Cortland Sutton, he rebounded nine catches, 159 yards. Uh, so I, I don't know. They got, they got a good defense and, uh, fucking Teddy's playing, playing good, man. And then he's using the weapons and he's not making mistakes and, uh, they look tough. They look tough right now. I love it. I love it. I know that the schedule has been, been nice to them to give them Jack. That's true. That's true. That is true. But they've been able to establish the identity. So, you know, you take what the schedule gives you. And, right. and in this, we, we see an identity. It's one of, there's probably only a handful of teams that I think has an identity. And, and I'm with you, <laughs> please, let's, with Melvin Gordon, let's see less of him. Like, yeah. not, like, we don't have to see zero of them, but like 50-50 timeshare with Javante Williams. <sighs> Yeah, because that's about what it was. And no, come on, you got to give you got to give it more to the rook, man. You got to give it more to the rook. He looks good. So, oh yeah, yeah. I'm with but you. It, Us big Javante fans, because you, you know, you look at well, Travis Etienne is on injured reserve, and Najee Harris has not been you know overly impressive. Yeah. Harris did score a touchdown today, thank goodness. But, yeah, you're right. Like, in terms of an efficiency and also something that way back when we looked at the rookie class, like we discussed that Javante Williams is the best yards creator of this running back class. And the stats support that as well. Um, you can go find it. Oh, man, what's – I always call him Bean, but that's um, going to drive me nuts. Let me see if I can pull up his Twitter here. I think I'd have it memorized, but I don't. Oh, bulletproof bean counter at DF bean counter. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tweet about like the arts created between Najee Harris and Javante Williams. And it's just Javante Williams. Great. If you draft him in dynasty, you've got a guaranteed stud. You just have to be patient this year because it's the stubborn old coach, like thought process of the rookies got to, be slowly incorporated a la, you know, you think of like DeAndre Swift last season, like you knew you had something special and then you were waiting and he finally got the one game that he was involved, like as the only running back and he was a stud. Mm. That's what you got with Javante Williams. So right. dynasty. Just no, you've got certified stud running back just waiting to be unleashed. Well, Harris got the touchdown, like you said, this week to save him. But I think overall, Javante Williams has looked like the better back. And uh, obviously, those next guys that people were talking about, a la Trey Sermon and Michael Carter, they're yeah, – what? What? So, it's uh, – with ATN injured, it's Najee Harris and Javante Williams for RB rookies at the top. And you know what? It's good. I, I think Javante Williams is going to end up as that. I, I mean, I'm just excited because, you know, at some point he's going to be getting the rock more than Melvin Gordon. They can't ignore it, oh, especially yeah. if they're trying to win. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it's a matter of time. All right. Well, what do you got for your very last Mad Five observation? Gotcha. This one is solely not a fantasy football thing. Mm -hmm. It's just looking at well, the surface level, the Ravens avoided going going to. So that means we have got six teams that are 0 and 2 this year. That is the Colts, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Giants. Of those six, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Falcons, they have new coaching staffs. So you're going to be patient it's rare for a coach to get fired after the first season now the other three the colts the vikings the giants i think the colts do get a pass for now especially they played a tough game against the rams and frank reich has had success and the colts always start off slow and they have this ridiculous win-loss record like when you compare the first month of the season to the rest of the season the colts just they start slow and then they pick up 
Frank Reich's not on the coaching hot seats. But no, the other he got two, an extension recently, didn't he? he? He got an extension as well. So, like, the, the Colts definitely believe in him. Now, the other two remaining coaches, that's Joe Judge for the Giants and Mike Zimmer for the Vikings. Ooh. They, Those guys in the last couple of seasons, I think for Zimmer and maybe last season for Joe Judge, there were – talks like you know the, the the seat was warm we're not hot but especially mike zimmer it's a lot of things that i that i read about the vikings is that sometimes a coach stays at a spot long enough his message doesn't really hit the players anymore sometimes you do need a fresh voice it's right. it's odd it's rare to have a sean payton and a Bill Belichick, and, and they last because they change things up. But Mike Zimmer is very much a, he has one way of doing things and that doesn't always go so well. That's kind of like a Tom Coughlin situation where mm. you can have success, but eventually you wear out, you're, you're welcome. It seems to be the case of Mike Zimmer. And, and I mentioned on the last pod when we were doing previews and giving our picks for the Sunday games, I said, yeah, Darnold's gonna win, we're going to start hearing things about Mike Zimmer. So waiting to see, because we're not going to hear things immediately after the game. It really starts tomorrow. Uh, right. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like We're going to start hearing about, like, what after two games and we have the teams that haven't won a game, that's when we'll start hearing about, okay, this coach is on a hot seat. I expect Mike Zimmer to be the, the top coach there that uh, for the hot seat, followed closely by Joe Judge. Makes sense. And I, I do wonder if they get a little bit of leeway this year because of the extra game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a little bit, I don't know, like maybe the panic or the uh, frustration settles in a little bit more after 0-3 or maybe a 1-3 start. We'll have to see. But I definitely agree with you. He's at the top of the list, man. I don't know how they've, I don't know how all of this has survived. This is one of the reasons I was off the Vikings wagon. Just like it's another one of those teams that just, they're just content making money because you could, if you just looked at it and said, Hey, this is an average coach. And like Spielman does a pretty good job as the GM, but this is an average coach. We do not have the quarterback to win us the Super Bowl. Like, and, and, and instead of making changes, they extend these fucking people and it's like, and it sucks when you have a defensive coach because then all your OCs leave just like, Oh, I don't know. Kevin Stefanski who goes and takes over the, like, it's just, it's frustrating. So it's, it's like, to me, it's like, it'd be about time. We make some changes in minute, you know, some changes are made in Minnesota, but uh, you know, and nothing against Zimmer. He seems like a fine dude. I don't mind his fiery attitude, but he also seems kind of like a dick. And he did. <laughs> and <laughs> as much as I've seen from him, he just, he had, that dude has a very hard time adjusting. Uh, it's always seemed to me. Yeah. So, well, but, that, um, and also, has he gone as far as he can in Minnesota? So I pulled it up. This I think is, so. So two, four, six, eight. So he's in his eighth season with the Vikings. You know, there's been a mixture of success. Like, and honestly, you have a win record of 57%. There's been five playoff games, but you know they haven't won more than one playoff game in a season. And I don't know. Like it just you wonder some teams operate as like as long as they are just good enough. Like sometimes making the playoffs for, for some franchise for some ownership, that's all they want. Let's make the playoffs, get playoff revenue, awesome. I don't really know much about Minnesota ownership, but if that's their, their thought process, he probably stays. If it's, if it's ownership that wants to see a championship, it's something to consider because said seven plus seasons, there's success, but nothing to really show for it. Like, no. And the most they do in the playoffs is win one game and then they get waxed the next week. So like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just kind of uh, slightly above average, and they seem to be okay with that. And, and you know, maybe they'll get tired of it after this year. Maybe enough people will. And this, <laughs> but, uh, yes, I would definitely consider him on the hot seat. My last one is actually just uh, the rookie quarterbacks. 
Um, because you look at Mac Jones with New England. I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you? Oh, no, I was just, but ooh. <laughs> oh. some of these guys had some rough games. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Well, that's what I'm kind of looking at, Mac. Like 22 for 30, 186 yards, like, you know, spread the ball around. Uh, had some help from Damian Harris, the running game. He's in such a good spot, you know. Um, I just feel like he's going to be consistent. and Probably throughout the year, he's going to have some good games. Now, Trevor Lawrence had a pretty rough game. Uh, I did see, because they had this game on in the background, because it's the Broncos game, which is on TV here. And, um, and I did see some good plays. But, uh, yeah, overall, he struggled. He had, like, over 100 yards, barely. And, like, and then you got Zach Wilson for interceptions, which is part of why Mac Jones didn't have to do a ton today because, uh, I mean, they kept turning the ball over the Jets did. So, <clears throat> you know, some of this has been pretty rough. But now we get to see another one of these rookie quarterbacks because it does appear like Andy Dalton – could be out for a little while. It doesn't sound like it's an ACL tear or anything, but he's pretty banged up. We'll see where he's at. There's a very good chance that uh, Justin Fields starts the next game for the Bears. And I think, uh, you know, if Dalton has to even miss one game because of this injury, I think he's done. And it's just Justin Fields' time. So um, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited uh, for whenever. And no, no disrespect to Andy Dalton. It sucks. And that's a bad way to go out. Um, but if, if once it becomes Justin Fields time, I will be very excited. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's nothing so far overly crazy from the rookie quarterbacks. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but uh, that's what we got for the mad five. Um, and, you know, we got some Monday night football tomorrow. I think we, we both expect uh, the Packers to smack the lines around a little bit, although they were a little more feisty than I think most of us anticipated as well. Absolutely. One, but, but yeah, this is going to be the game that green Bay gets back on track. The get right game. Exactly. Yes, indeed. I would have to agree with that. I'm actually, I was looking at both guillotine leagues because I dealt with major injuries in both my guillotine leagues. And then I just didn't play the waiver wire worth a shit. <laughs> it was just, I, it was too busy. It was when I was moving is when I really needed to be playing the waiver wire in all my leagues. And I just neglect. So uh, I, I'm actually, I was actually happy that I wasn't in last place after this week, because uh, I barely got by last week. But then I realized, oh, no, the guys that are below me, they still have Packers players. I am fucked. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I'm going to be exiting oh, no. both my guillotine leagues a little bit early this year, but that's all right. That's all right. So, Madcaps, this is what we got going on. Tomorrow, we'll be here on Monday, Monday night. We will record again, and we will discuss – what happens with the Monday night game, the Packers or Lions at the Packers. And then we'll talk a little preview of the Thursday night game and we'll chat a little waiver wire. And then we'll be back again Thursday to recap the Thursday night game and uh, play our new game to preview all of week three's Sunday action. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. And if I were you, I'd highly suggest, sorry, just real quick, this is for the Pro Graps fans out there. New Japan Pro Wrestling, the G1 has fucking started. I've already watched the first night. I did that last night. Oh, man. We're in for a good few weeks of some kick-ass New Japan wrestling. That's right. So I highly recommend checking out the G1. It's the best wrestling you get of the whole year, every year. Check it out. Check it out. Aaron, my man, any last thoughts before we get the fuck on out of here? Man, just right from Monday Night Football, ready to talk about it tomorrow. That's, That's all right. I got. Well, until then, we'll let you all go for now. That's right. <sighs> Make sure to stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. Mm-hmm. From the salary captain, the mad chatter, we're out of here. Until tomorrow night.
Anthony Schwartz, off the reds, off the set, off the set. Oh, yeah, I really missed on that one. Oh, shit.